Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favorite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish tech news. Today's Irish Tech News Podcast is presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. And you can follow me on Twitter at TECDR. And now, a word from our sponsor, Agora Pulse. We know how hard it is to juggle all the things in your business. Accounts, meetings, the never-ending inbox. That's why we've teamed up with Agora Pulse to give you more than five hours back a week when it comes to managing your social media marketing. No complicated Excel docs, long emails, or millions of open tabs. Simply manage all your social media channels in one place. Go to www.agorapulse.com forward slash Irish Tech News to get one month free. Now all you have to do is figure out how you want to spend those spare five hours. Hi, good morning. Welcome to this Irish Tech News podcast. Today's podcast is going to be very, very interesting. So who have you got on the podcast today? Ebony Lawless-McCray. Hi, Ebony. So tell us a bit about your background. Hi, so I, my name is Ebony Lawless-McCray, as I said. I am the Client Services Manager for IT Search and Selection. Uh, we are a specialist recruitment business in the technology space based here in Ireland, um, and we work internationally as well. So my own background is I actually joined the business back in November last year. So I made a move uh, mid-pandemic, completely remote onboarding. So that was a, an interesting experience. Uh, but prior to that, I had just about seven years of experience in technology recruitment. And how has it been when you moved in, in a pandemic, not seeing your colleagues in real in in a, in, in a real life? Yeah, it's definitely a really strange experience. So in my previous role, I'd actually been very hands-on. I was a people and performance manager for another recruitment business, and a big part of that was onboarding people um, and I had onboarded maybe five, six hires whilst uh, we were all working remotely. So I've been on the other side of things, um, but it's definitely, I have to say, a lot of recruitment um, and what we do is very collaborative. It's very relationship based. So I've only met my colleagues uh, twice in real life. We got into the office twice over December. Yeah. So it's, it definitely takes a little while longer and you feel like a lot of the connections that you make with people are very transactional for a very long time because you have to, you're basically getting in touch with them whenever you need something yeah. or whenever you need to find out something. You kind of miss that like water cooler chat, that natural relationship building that happens while you're making a cup of tea in a, in a kitchen, things like that. So yeah, it's been, a, it's been different. <laughs> yeah, with our sick news, we're basically <coughs> based online, which means... We haven't got an office. <clears throat> and last year, um, we planned to meet up in uh, January 2020 for Christmas drinks when it's going to be quieter. And then we then we uh, we couldn't because we realised something was bad's going to happen. We could see it on rising with the pandemic. We thought, okay, we'll arrange it later in the year. That hasn't happened yet. <laughs> and because they're based all over the country, we don't we meet maybe twice a year, like maybe a summer and around Christmas time. And we discuss what's going on with, with how we're doing and how things are getting on and how what we plans for next year. And we get everyone involved and discuss what we've done, how we're going to improve things. So this year, it's all been done via, via Skype and some emails. So we reuse Skype a lot in the past year. Now, I mean, not, sorry, not, I mean, I'm sorry, Slack. We use Slack a lot in the past year and uh, to do things. So we, we basically 
chatting a lot on Slack, and every every time there's an interesting comment or, or thing we're doing, we'll go on Slack. And uh, early this year, we rebranded our podcast. We used to be uh, on SoundCloud, but we decided to rebrand because we were getting more people on board. So now we've got seven of us doing podcasts seven days a week, and maybe two podcasts a day, time to be published. And we moved to Anchor FM, and that's basically owned by Spotify. And since we moved, we have seen a great increase in traffic. And that's all been done remotely. Normally in the past, we might have met up now and again to discuss what's going on. We haven't done that. In fact, we managed to grow our traffic remotely. It says that it doesn't matter where you are. Technology is a space you can do it now. And uh, I used to use a lot of my podcasts where we should be done via Skype. I've only used Skype once in the past year. I'm now using Zoom a lot more. Things have changed. Yeah, definitely. I think the Zoom effect is a real thing because I, I would say the same. So I have, working in the technology recruitment market, you spend a lot of time um, dealing with overseas candidates. Um, we have a lot of overseas clients here in, in IT search as well. Um, and I suppose traditionally the go-to would have been Skype for us. Um, I, w- I would have spent a lot of time doing Skype interviews over the years. And it's funny because now that we have all naturally transitioned to online videoing, it's yeah. not the go-to. It's not the one that I, I went for. I Zoom, Google Hangouts, WebEx, you name it. Yeah. But I don't think I've done one single Skype meeting since then. Um, and I think for probably because a lot of the, the challenges that Skype always had, the difference between like Skype and Skype for Business, all those bits, and you'd always have people that w- one person was on Skype one was on Skype for business. They could never find each other. Yeah. Um, you don't have any of those issues. Just click a link for Zoom. So it makes it a bit easier. Well, I had a problem years ago and I was doing, in, doing podcasts, sort of doing them. And I was giving someone's phone number to ring. And they have a number to ring and nothing else. I'd use Skype because Skype can make those calls pretty cheap. So if, if I got a landline from somebody in America or somewhere abroad, I could ring them. And the cost wouldn't be that much. But since the pandemic, everyone's suddenly been using Zoom. They didn't, you don't, no longer do you get a number. You Zoom them. And to me, that's great that in the past they've used a, a phone number. Now they're not using that anymore. And in the past, if, if you're in Dublin, I'd meet you in person. And like I did a podcast a couple of years ago with your offices with Adrian a few years ago on AI. So I would have, yeah, I would have gone down to your office and met you and done it in, in there. But since the pandemic has hit, I haven't done that. I haven't met anybody to do it. I did one last year with HubSpot. And they moved into new offices across the road from me. And this, I thought, this is great. So, with the pandemic, I had to do the podcast for my apartment. I happened to walk in the office, and they were doing, I had to do with the person I'm dealing with, was, was now living back home in Germany. I told them, if it was a pandemic, I'd be walking, happen to walk from my apartment, would be your office. I'd walk in and see you. I can see your office right now. It's branded with your names, HubSpot, but no one's moved in yet. And he goes, we don't know when we're moving in. So, and the thing is, where you we were doing it on via Zoom, whereas the past I've done it in person. And if I couldn't do it in person, I'd normally have used Skype, but now I've used Zoom and I've had no problems with it at all. It's been great. And Teams as well. I've used Teams, which is now person. I think in about a year's time, Teams will replace Skype. Skype will go. Yeah, I would agree. And everyone's more or less using Zoom now. And because everyone's now got a mobile device and you can get a Zoom on your mobile device, you're going to be using that more so than anything else. So I can give you a Zoom link and if I use that, you can be on your mobile phone or tablet. This is you as a laptop or desktop, and you can just use that, and it's, it's been great. But I found technology has been great. I mean, 10 years ago, we couldn't do what we're doing now because the broadband speeds weren't that great. We haven't got the, uh, we, haven't, we didn't have the technology, and we never had a smartphone. Smartphones weren't standard. Now, when you go to shop and, and, and buy a brand new mobile phone, 
you are going to, you're going to get a smartphone. Now, with a cheap smartphone, it's not going to be the fastest, but it will do what you want to do. It will send email, you can do some own gaming, you can take photographs, you can do video calls, that's all you need. It's great. Yeah, no, it is. It's really interesting because I've spoken about a lot about this. Um, and obviously there is still a lot of inequality when it comes to, I suppose, access to tech, access to broadband in this country. And, and it's definitely a, a consideration. But it is um, really interesting now when um, we speak with sometimes some of our clients would require, you know, obviously they send out all the equipment to candidates. Yeah. There's other businesses for contractors where they would say, well, we would expect maybe that a contractor might have their own laptop or their own setup. And it's really interesting because... You know, maybe like a couple of years ago, everybody had, or at least everybody in the tech world had a full setup at home. Yeah. But now because so much of what we do can be done off a, a smartphone or a smartphone device, a lot of people actually haven't upgraded their, their laptop situation. Um, I know myself, we, we've actually just spoken about this. Um, and like my laptop is an old, it is an old kind of Windows laptop um, yeah. because I have a work laptop here. <laughs> I haven't needed to. And because I have an iPhone, uh, I have an iPhone, I can do almost everything I need. It's very rare that I would ever need my own personal laptop for anything because I have all the other equipment there. So phones really have taken over as the go-to platform to do everything. Yeah, my laptop is five years old. I got it back five years ago and I haven't looked back since. And even though it's five years old, it, it, it still worked perfectly fine for me, not a problem with it. But I do know if I had a Windows, if a Windows laptop, but at this stage now, it would be, it would be more just telling me, get a new, get a new laptop. <laughs> I found that scenario. I had a laptop I bought in 2014. It was a, it was a Windows 8 laptop. And when I had it, I had it about a, I got it, and then it was, I think it was Windows 8. Then I moved on to Windows 10 in it, which I loved because I hated Windows 8. And after about six months, it was slowing. After upgrading, it started slowing down to me that much that I could hardly browse in it. And it was more as laptop telling me, buy a new machine. At that point, it was yeah. under two years old, so I thought, okay, fine. I bought a Mac. I said, once you get a Mac, you won't go back. I've been lucky. It's, it's been great. I don't have to worry about antivirus software or anything else like that. I don't have to worry about being hacked because I'm careful with websites that I go to. But in fact, antivirus to me is great. I haven't got to worry about that anymore. But... Other times, also with the, with the iPhone, I, I replace one every two years, so which is great. Whereas most people with laptops, every two years might not replace it, so they might leave it one longer. They might have their, their home computer, which they use the family. But I'm lucky; I've got all this new technology, and uh, I can't really complain. I've got a new iPhone, which is about basically three weeks old, an iPhone 12, and it's it's been fantastic, very very fast, great camera, and I can't complain about it. But for me, ten years ago. If I was doing this, I'd probably be in an iPhone 4. And at that point, I'd be going, wow, it's fast. But looking back now, it, it would be slow. And at that, that, that time, I thought, great screen on, the, on, the, on the, the phone. The screen you got now is much better. But it's hard to believe back then, we were happy to with the speeds we had. And now we look back going, how do we live with those speeds? Yeah, I know. When you think about the old days of dial-up and having to, to unplug out... Um talked about this recently obviously there was a, a news article about bringing back Bebo yeah. um, and social media and we myself and my, uh, my my friends we'd spoken about the days of having to unplug the phone line to plug in to, to load yeah. up Bebo page it taking the, the guts of 10 minutes to get everything loaded up and then your mom needing to make a phone call or somebody needing to make a phone call in the house and you'd have to unplug and replug in the phone line and go, all go all over again yeah um, you know, if there was anybody, anybody, I saw a sub twenty listening, they, they would go, "Sorry, what?" Yeah. They, they, they would. <laughs> and also, when you were downloading a file, 
it took 10 minutes to then add a one meg file. So if you're yeah. downloading a big file, well, if you think one meg is 10 minutes, you could be hours downloading a, a, an update, which normally right now you can download in under two or three minutes. So just yeah. to let you know, if anyone's of the age, you don't remember what dial-up was, that's what it was like. Very slow, very cumbersome. And uh, at times it would, it would cut out. You download in the file and suddenly it cuts out because somehow there's a phone, phone call coming through and it cuts you out. And, and you're screaming at, 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 at the person on the phone, get off the line, I want to download what I'm doing. And if you're lucky enough, you can could, you could, continue to download. If you weren't, back to the beginning, another long download. And at times you'd leave it downloading overnight because you, that way you guarantee you wouldn't get a phone call. Yeah, that's actually very true. I remember that thinking that you were nearly there, and then a phone call coming through on yeah. the line, and that was it, that was it done. And the worst thing is, it was somebody selling something. Hello, is that Mister So and So? Yes. And then they they're just cold calling. That's the worst thing when it happens. You really where well, it was something that you knew, like family friend or or or, or, um, or family calling. You can understand. Like I remember when I was younger, my my mum's sister had a thing. She said to me, etc. Never call me these certain times. I'm watching the soaps. You <laughs> should have the same thing. Don't call me these times because I'm going to be in line surfing. That's what we should have had. Something, something like that. But that wasn't that wasn't the case. But anyway, getting back to uh, yourselves, you recently did a, a 2021 diversity and inclusion salary and market sentiment report. So tell us a bit more about what this report uh, is or was and what the uh, data you got from that. Yeah, absolutely. So like, it's pretty standard in our industry that most years, most kind of major recruitment providers would release a report. Um, the majority of those reports are salary trends. So obviously something that the clients and candidates and everybody comes to us is our market knowledge. We are very much the, the feet on the ground. We get to, to hear a cross section across everybody and what they do. So a salary report is very standard amongst m- many of our competitors. Um, and we felt uh, that it was really important to offer something different to the market, to, to take a different lens on it. Um, so IT Search is part of a group called Vertical Markets Group. That's our parent company. Yep. And one of, one of our core values is diversity and inclusion. Um, so therefore, for us, diversity and inclusion is something that needs to be at the center of everything. Um, and we felt it was really important, particularly post um can't really say post-COVID, but post-pandemic announcement, uh, everybody has talked about the major societal, economic and otherwise trends that ha- have happened. We felt it was really important that if people look to us uh, for that information on salary and on trends, that we also give a, an overview of what we saw in terms of a major a marker um, societally, which was obviously around gender. So that's why we decided to apply a gender lens to our report. That's the major, I mean, we could have looked at anything else. Uh, we could have looked at any of a number of factors. But obviously, um, I think in the year that was in it, um, it was really important to place that. And, and, and gender and tech is something, obviously, that is a major talking point and always has been. Much like how diversity and inclusion has become a huge talking point probably in the last 18 months or so, uh, specifically in the Irish market. Now, I've worked previously in the US, and it's a conversation that has been on the ground there for a lot longer. We're, we're a lot newer in our journey on it so what we wanted to do with this report was to overview the information that people need which is salary info uh, 
to supply market trends report around growing competitors um, and growth businesses uh, around educational profiles. But we also wanted to talk about something that was really dear to our own um, to our to our own core and our own core values, which was diversity in tech and, and what the last twelve months has meant for that. And also, I guess, the way promoting STEM for uh, for women going to college. In what it says to them, when you leave, you are guaranteed a good salary. Or what what areas in tech is going to offer you the best salary? What areas are going to... Really, um, tech in general is obviously significantly... It's a little bit of a bubble versus Mm. the rest of of market. Um, I think if we wanted to go based on market trends, we see cybersecurity, DevOps... Um, anything to do with kind of high level development they're major growth areas and they're particularly if we look at cyber security where there is a supply and demand issue so yeah. um, there's, a, there's a huge there's a huge lack of supply and a huge amount of demand in that space which means it will become more and more competitive for people that have the, the right skills that come forward because for me a couple years ago it was AI and data analytics were the ones that were that were people were guaranteed a good well paid job because those were hard to fill yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that the one, as I say, I'd highlight cybersecurity probably as a major growth, um, due, sure, purely based on, on lack of supply. Um, and I think that's a conversation. I know that Cyber Ireland had a, a launch recently of their cyber skills report, which I sat in on, which was a really interesting uh, release. And they talked a lot about what the industry is trying to do, um, particularly educational providers, to to meet that demand. Yeah. Um so how they can better equip graduates coming out of college with the tangible practical skills needed to to fill those those roles that are that have been left open because I think that they said from their report up to six months it can take for direct fills on some roles which is obviously uh, it's it's a terrible stopgap for for yeah. the markets and I guess right now during the pandemic cybersecurity is more important than ever. Absolutely. Um, I think that if I was to talk about one of the major trends that, that happened last year, um, obviously cybersecurity has been a huge growth area for a number of years as it became more and more important. Um, but last year we saw overnight, effectively, uh, businesses have to transition to staff working from home on laptops, on unsecured networks, um, where people did have VPNs um, in place and, and private networks in place. Those networks had only ever really been tested with maybe you know, 10 to 15% of the workforce at any given time offsite. And from then it went from 15% to 100% overnight. So there's massive levels of challenge that came there. But that also drove challenge around, um, I suppose, governance. So risk and compliance when it came to systems, information security, um, privacy, all of those concerns. And I think GDPR and data privacy was another huge growth area we saw again because businesses have to scramble to look at what frameworks have we got in place to ensure that we are compliant with the re- with the relevant re- legislation. Because yeah, last year I did a podcast on, on security and remote working, and I, I was telling the person, you know, I mentioned basically that for me the biggest concern was always BOI, your bingo and device. And he goes, that's changed now, it's BOI and bingo network. Because when you're at home, yeah. when you're using your, your broadband, the broadband you're using won't be the same, won't be as secure as what you're using at work. And if you pull your broadband network from home into your work environment, you have to add on so many things to make it more secure that you can't do at home. So when you're doing that, we've now got to make sure everything to the nth degree is going to be more secure. So it means spending more time with people who work from home and educating them on what they should do to make sure it's secure. Yeah, absolutely. 
it's kind of scary seeing that because you wouldn't normally think about that. But then when I was, I said, yeah, yeah. And then since then, my one of my buzzwords is, has, has been BYON, bring your network. Because from now on, that's going to be one thing we have to do. Forget BYD. That's, that's, by now we should handle that. It's BYON because you're not sure what you're going to be doing. And also, if you're using basically uh, a bro, if you're using a modem provided by a broadband provider, that would not be allowed to be used in the work in the workplace. Yeah, I think it, it, it's fascinating. I think there was a lot of we could nevers that happened last year in yeah. March. We could never all work from home. We could, you know, we could, as you say, we could never work from our own devices. We could never things that. Um, seemed impossible or were perhaps pipelined and were five to ten years away when it came to digital transformation yeah. all of a sudden happened overnight and I know that there's been a lot of reports and studies about that about that rapidly accelerated rate of digital transformation um, and I think for me that was another reason why this report was really important um, because when you look at all the positives that came out of, of, of COVID from a technological perspective and from a transformation perspective, and we see, as you say, all that acceleration, um, it's really interesting and sad to see then that on the counterpoint of it from a diversity, equity and inclusion perspective, we talk about the fact that COVID and the pandemic have probably put women's equality journey back as much as half a decade to a decade. Yeah. So it's, it's it's interesting that we've been able to move in two completely opposite directions by the same catalyst. Yeah. And how do, you, how, how do we combat that? How do we combat that? Um, I think the first point um, that's really important is is measurement. And that's, and that's not reinventing the wheel. What I mean by that is you can't, what you don't measure, you can't move. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's probably a lack of awareness, um, not of maybe some of the black and white figures, which are, you know, the percentages of women in each industry. Although it is very surprising that the average across, um, you know, the nine or 10 areas that we measured of women participation in, in tech was 22%. Yeah. There was obviously some outliers in that um, software engineering um product and, and change roles they were a little bit higher in terms of participation so that that is there are the numbers that people are pretty obvious about but I think that the unmeasured piece is the differences in the effects on women and men when it came to COVID when it came to stress yeah. when it came to the balance of work of work-life balance I think a lot of people probably would have thought that working from home meant that all of that strain and stress that was put on on, on women professionals in, in the workplace would be alleviated because they were at home and didn't have to commute and didn't have childcare. But we, I think I read in a study somewhere that the women on average do 1.8 times the amount of unpaid work. So yeah. unpaid work being writing the shopping list, writing the uh, remembering appointments, yeah. remembering, and they sound like really, really stereotypical um, things to talk about, but it is true. It's, you know, caring for not only young children, but for elderly uh, relatives, um, remembering all of those things. Women do more of that. Um, and none of that has gone away in COVID, but they have been expected, or at least there's a perception that they've been expected to continue to deliver beyond the standard of men yeah. because studies have shown that they're expected to perform higher um, in order to meet the same criteria and if you're one of an only in a room um, or one of maybe very few that share your same experience a lot of that is leading to faster rates of burnout um, and to 
to women effectively either stepping down in roles or, or leaving the workplace altogether. They, they, there was a report that said they were 1.5 times more likely to do that. Um, so to bring it back to why measurement is important, um, it's all about progress, not perfection. But I think that in a, in a day and age where a lot of um, the wins get amplified, yeah. That sometimes, you know, we go, oh, well, actually, we've got a 30%, you know, there was a 30% barrier and we hit that. What about everything else that's going on behind that? I think that the conversation just needs to keep being brought up. Um, and I think that it needs to be kind of brought into um, every day in, in work and something that we've done that I can say. So I can't speak for every industry, but I know in, in IT search and across the vertical markets group, we're currently uh, partnering with the Irish Centre for Diversity. Yeah, um, we're work, We're going through their investors in diversity mark, uh, which is the first mark of its kind in our in Ireland. It's a you know basically a big rubber stamp to say that you have uh, compliant practices, that equality um, and diversity and inclusion is part of your fabric. Um, now we haven't uh, we haven't got our first mark yet, but we've went through our entire business to part in inclusive recruitment training and inclusive leadership training, and. That was just a big conversation amongst 45 people that maybe in their day-to-day never got an opportunity to discuss the differences in our work and our lived experience of work or the importance. And I think that that kind of work um, being mandated in businesses, um, I'm not one to say that you have to put marks on things or that you have to measure because then it's forced, but it has to start somewhere and we're, we're not doing it naturally. Yeah. So I think it's unfortunately. And I guess it's probably, uh, when you look back, probably an eye opener, you were seeing things you hadn't really noticed before and said, oh, I didn't know that was, that should be doing that way or we, we were doing this and not that. Yeah, I think it's, it, it's an eye opener more so in that I'm obviously somebody who's very interested and very passionate about this area. So I have always, in some way, shape or form, been involved in, in EDI projects, um, yeah. even during my university years. So I've always been very aware. I I, 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 I take a lot of content. I listen to podcasts. I read everything that happens. And it's very interesting when you're in a room with people um, to hear some of your opinions mirrored naturally by people that might not be as actively engaged but also to hear some of the opinions that you think that don't you you go no that doesn't happen here or people don't really think like that anymore we've moved on and these might be people that um, are unconsciously have these opinions formed or have these unconscious uh, um, opinions as to things so yeah I think it's definitely a real eye-opener to see where everybody's at in their journey. Because I remember about a, a year or two ago, people were told, you can't work from home. It's impossible. Yeah. And certainly, what can't be done has been done overnight. And it's scary to see that. And I guess also with your report, you're highlighting what can't be done can be done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that that's what we wanted to do, was to talk about just to put a lens on it. And it was just beyond the, the point of, how many obviously we do talk about what the percentages are male versus female but we wanted to go beyond that to put a bit of a think piece for people to realize that we're so busy measuring salary changes and growing competitors and things like that but perhaps we're not realizing that a lot of this comes at leadership level yeah um and from a female leadership representation we're we're not moving in the right direction unfortunately yeah but at least now you have even handle on it and you, you kind of see why it's not going and hopefully you can change that. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And something that we've done, I think definitely um, as, as a part of this, as I say, we, one of the reasons I was really attracted to this business was because it is a part of their core values, but I think that not necessarily that there wasn't a formalized framework around it or, or a thought piece. I think that they were doing the right things um, almost by accident, which is the best yeah. way really with what you want. But now I think that we need to be a catalyst for change. Um, there is obviously only so many things in the recruitment process that we can impact on but the things that we can impact on we absolutely should and we've tried to empower everybody the, the point of this report is to empower the reader to with this information so that they can make better decisions um or hopefully with higher managers they can make more informed decisions um both in terms of their team development and in terms of the the people that they look at to hire but we have been able to impact um when it came to you know challenging bias perhaps or unconscious bias with clients when it came to ensuring that we tried to push for more balanced slates on on um candidate shortlists or even when looking at responsibilities and the way they're defined and the job advertisements and things like that they're all very basic things in for from a dni perspective but each and every single one of our team now does look at it with this lens of is this fair is this going to be read in the right way how is this going to be perceived to you know a large population of the country that is feeling more stressed than their counterparts and is feeling more burnt out and is feeling so yeah i think it's been that's how we have tried to affect change I think in 20, 30 years' time, we'll be looking back at what's happening now and realise, why didn't we do that? Why wasn't this been done and standardised now? Why are we going to do it then? Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, we are starting to see it. There are some of our clients that are outliers um, that, you know, do blind CVs, um, which is obviously kind of best practice, and it's something that we don't really see here that much. They do blind CVs. We do a lot around kind of balanced shortlists. And I think that, as you said, we're going to look back I hope that we look back and go, why, why couldn't, why couldn't we have taken the same leap forward that we yeah. did otherwise? Um, I hope that that's where we're at. I hope that we don't continue. I know that this is obviously a, it's been last last week was a big week for anybody speaking about gender. Um, obviously with International Women's Day and with everything else that went on in the media. But I hope that that is a catalyst for change too. I mean, when you mentioned blind series, I'm thinking that when you play with something like Google, they use a, they use AI to uh, find out certain keywords and put them through. And if you need, keyword is in there, it's gone. I think they should take out your sex and your age from this. Mm-hmm. That should be important. So when you get an appliance, if he was done by AI or a real person, they can't tell who you are. And they won't know until it goes on someone's desk to look at the CV who you are. Yeah, absolutely. One of the blind CV um, formats that we do, um, and again, it's all bespoke to client, but one of the formats that we do is we actually remove all names uh, we remove educational institution names. We remove hobbies, um, yeah. anything that effectively anything that might show a criteria by which bias could 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 arise. Um, so it's effectively what you are looking at is somebody's on 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 the face of it work history and what they have done and the skills they've brought and the things that they say that they have learned. Um, and you, there's no other predeterminant that can take away from that. Yeah, because worse if you apply for a job and you go in on a CV when it says where, where you live, what school you went to, right away it's going to be a, a, a plus or a minus against you depending on where you lived and what school you went to, which to me is wrong. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I, first hand, so I, you know, I went to one of the big colleges in Dublin. I went to UCD and uh, a lot of a lot of people in UCD and Trinity and all of those education, education institutions, they 
um they all a lot of them are, are from dublin a lot yeah. of them like much i'm from i'm an outlier i'm a Claire woman but uh yeah. you know a lot of them are from dublin and automatically people create tribes for themselves and that's what it is and unconscious bias is effectively allowing an irrelevant criteria determine a relevant consideration um and so does it matter if you went to such and such school in dublin uh, for, uh you know if you've got 10 years of experience in in java development yeah no it doesn't but it might ma- it might matter if the hiring manager knows that and happens to have gone to that school or has children that go to that school we, we create um tribes for ourselves and i know that that's kind of human nature we stick to sameness yeah. but that um as we know especially when we're looking at um you know minorities gender and uh, i suppose ethnic minorities they don't have that tribe and therefore which is there's uh, the equality piece is really really important to that you know so guess you're looking at all dublin are you north side or south side that's still, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's still there to a certain degree like go over to the south side where's your passport <laughs> i have a husband from belfast and i had to explain this to him and he uh, finds it absolutely wild it's completely odd to him the idea that was a city like that that it's one side don't get me wrong in Belfast they have their own yeah. they have their own tribes but um, trying to explain the north side or south side or piece is, is interesting like I always said in the past like my parents I grew up in the, in the north side I grew up in Sutton Hoth area so nice enough area and someone said north side's bad I said well I said funny enough if you could say that how come all the criminals i.e. the bankers are living in are living in the south side and it's all Dublin <laughs> yeah. 4 and then someone mentions to me about basically, oh, north side's bad, it's got bad areas. Like, well, so is south side, certain parts of south side, just as bad north side. So why do you just, I'd rather look at the person themselves rather than where they're from. Because yeah. you're going to have a scenario that's, that I've got, I've, uh, you're going to have a scenario where somebody is growing up in a bad area but turned out to be great at, at their job and went and better themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think similar, um, something that we're seeing another trend that i think will will become more more popular is things around um i suppose personality assessments like psychometric testing which have traditionally only been done really at very senior level so we take part in a lot of executive search and and they would generally be a part of that process because as we all know it's very important to to make the right hire at that level it can determine the success or failure of your your organization um but i was on a really interesting um event recently where they talked about it at at lower levels for for more junior level mid-level hires um the potential for to apply those types of tests again making um taking objective criteria and that's a really important thing throughout every hiring process is is as objective as you can make it uh, because we have this again irish are probably not bad for it but we are very very um we're a very personable nation. We're very friendly. Everybody's our best friend straight away, but we also are very clanny. Yeah. say clanny. Um, but so I think that being able to take away this idea of, Oh, I just didn't, didn't, we just didn't gel. We just didn't really like each other. I just didn't get the right feel off them. And that can be particularly damaging for, you know, people, um, you know, in the neurodiverse community, you may not, you know, who may not be as extroverted. And there's lots of different things. I mean, you could go into it all day, as I said, when picking the report and how to frame it and which which aspect to to, to look at in closer. It was really difficult. Um, but I suppose we had to go for, for what was going to be kind of the, minor, the majority yeah. <laughs> issue. Now, before we finish, one last thing. What was the positive thing from the report that you noticed? Most positive thing? 
I think that it has been the conversations that I have had with clients, with candidates, with colleagues, because when you have something concrete like that, um, yeah. and our report has been viewed by a lot of people online and downloaded, and when you have something like that pushed out, it becomes a conversational action piece. And that action piece is where we get progress. Um, you know, those conversations are where progress comes from. If you can get one person to think a little bit more closely about what's going on in their team and another, and that person makes another person think that's how change comes. Yeah. So I think that's been probably the most positive piece. And on that note, I'll say uh, thanks for a great chat. Good luck in the future. And hopefully one day we'll get to do another of these in person rather than <laughs> uh, over. Because I'm sure you're probably sick and tired of doing these Zoom things. <laughs> And you're missing the water cooler moment like I am. I know. We can, probably, we can get a coffee in a real place. There's this room, apparently, they hand it to you, and you can sit down and you can drink it in it. It's, yeah. it's great. <laughs> and they have these cups that are basically have been so clean you wouldn't notice anything. <laughs> and no more masks and gloves, etc. That would be great, long-term-wise. All right, thanks, Ebony. Have a great day and take care. Thank you. Thanks. And now, a word from our sponsor, Agorapulse. We know how hard it is to juggle all the things in your business. Accounts, meetings, the never-ending inbox. That's why we've teamed up with Agorapulse to give you more than five hours back a week when it comes to managing your social media marketing. No complicated Excel docs, long emails, or millions of open tabs. Simply manage all your social media channels in one place. Go to www.agorapulse.com forward slash Irish Tech News to get one month free. Now all you have to do is figure out how you want to spend those spare five hours. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore Tech News. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.